there was something strange about the man's eyes. He said the word depraved as if it were a compliment. To Henry, both the word and the tone seemed odd coming from a man who had served the likes of Lord Guillaume. Unless he'd enjoyed serving his master, and perhaps taking part in his exploits. Henry didn't know yet, but he was curious. They simply discard convention, my dear fellow, that is all, Henry said. They have great minds and great imaginations. Indeed, sir, and you are their equal, with your paintbrush, Messine told him. Hubert wasn't sure he could begin to equal the brilliance of Shelley in any measure, but he was grateful that the man had come with his interesting party of guests. A moment later, those guests dragged their small rowboat ashore, Claire still laughing, covering their heads with shawls and jackets, despite the fact that they were already drenched. The four of them ran toward the great gates to the small fortified castle Henry had rented. The house of Guillaume was nothing like the beautiful Villa Diodati Lord Byron had taken near the water, nor did it in any way resemble the massive and beautiful Castle Chillon across the lake. Originally built during the Dark Ages, around 950 AD, when the area had been under the control of the Holy Roman Empire, the castle had drafty halls. The rooms were small and sparse, and only one place, the South Tower Room gave him enough light to paint. It was a wretched rental, but at least the enclosure no longer housed farm animals. But Guillaume offered four strong walls, four towers, and a small courtyard that led to a keep with a majestic hall and a number of usable rooms. As long as Henry's servants kept fires burning constantly, it was bearable. And most important, he had lured George Lord Byron here, along with Percy Bysshe Shelley, and his young lover, Mary Godwin. The party also included Mary's stepsister, Claire, who had surely come in hopes of regaining her place as Lord Byron's mistress, and the striking young John Polidori, a rider of sorts himself, but hired by Lord Byron as his personal physician. What made the castle an exceptional choice, despite its discomforts, was the impression it allowed him to give others, that he was a moody artist, making his name in the avant-garde world, where the dark side of human nature, religion, and science were intriguing the finest minds of his day. Thanks to family money, he could afford this place. Nothing better, perhaps, but the castle sufficed. Henry! Claire was the first to greet him, running to where he stood at the gates, throwing herself in his arms. She was soaked and didn't care in the least that she dampened him as well. He gave her the mandatory hug and stepped back. Welcome, he called cheerfully as they ran up. Welcome, welcome. Get under the portcullis, my friends, and we'll make a dash for the house. I'm so glad you've arrived. Did you doubt us, dear fellow? George asked, giving him a hug as well. The hug was enthusiastic. He wasn't sure if George was testing him. Lord Byron enjoyed outrageous behavior, although he toned it down in London lest his words not receive the respect they deserved when he voiced his opinions in the House of Lords. He was often condemned for his poetry, ostracized by society, and yet his political rhetoric sometimes held sway. We're delighted to see you, Henry, Mary said. She had such a sweet smile. While she'd chosen the bohemian lifestyle, running off to the continent with Shelley when he was legally married to another woman, there was still a sense of charm and old-fashioned morality about Mary. Henry was in love with her himself, he realized. Any outing is exciting these days, she went on, 
The weather is so very dreary. Yes, man, and we're quite frozen solid, Percy said, slipping his arms around Mary and grinning at Henry. You've a fire, I believe. A big fire and a great deal of delicious mulled brandy, Henry promised. Messine had already sent two other servants down to the lake. They'd gather his guest's luggage from the boat. Henry greeted Polidori, who was bringing up the rear, carrying his own bag. It will be good that I am a physician, since we'll all be catching our deaths of cold, Polidori told them. They raced across what had once been the inner courtyard, and was now the only courtyard that led to the giant double doors in the hall. Roel Massine was there, and he held the doors open for them, handing warm towels to the sodden guests as they made their way in. Henry followed last, closing the great doors as he entered. Mary was already before the fire, wrapped in the towel, a delicate tendril of...